wake up! Daddy! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Daddy! 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 You guys awake? Are you awake now? And if you are awake, are you living your life to the fullest? This is the Dad Podcast. Where we talk about our Catholic faith becoming fully alive through being a husband. And being a father. Really, through our vocation as a husband and a father. So, if you're a dad, this is your spot. Yeah, it's time. It's time to rise up. Welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Iris from Seattle. And it's Ray from Chicago. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Hey, where we talk about fatherhood stuff, Catholic dad stuff. We celebrate good dads here. Dads, this is for you. Hey, dads, this is for you. Welcome. Welcome back to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is where Ray and I talk about the intersection of faith and family. If you've been with us, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you. Uh, What's awesome today is that Ray and I are not alone again. We have a guest. We have an awesome guest, and his name is Tyrone Basilio. What's up, Tyrone? What's up, everybody? What's up, fellas? Uh, it's good to have Tyrone. Um, I'm going to uh, read his bio because it's really good. Um, oh, this is like the best bio I've seen so far. So I'm, I'm going to read it as is, and then we're going to like dissect. All right, here we go. Tyrone Basilio is a Filipino-American born and raised in our nation's capital. He's the oldest of three children to parents June and Lourdes. Tyrone sang in the gospel choir in his high school, and when he realized he didn't have what it takes to be the newest member of Boys to Men, he did what most Filipino parents advised. He went on to nursing school. Realizing nursing wasn't for him, he dropped out with only one year to graduate. For two weeks, he hid from his disappointed mother, who was a nurse for over 20 years. To prove his parents wrong, Ty went on to pursue his BS in marketing from the University of Maryland and then his MBA from Strayer University. For a decade, he served as a leader in a young adult Christian faith group. He's been serving as a business consultant at the United States Congress for over 17 years and he's hoping to retire in a few years. For now, his hobbies include traveling, music, sports, investing, but most of all, spending time with his hilarious and beautiful wife, Grace, and his permanent shadow, his son, Brian. He does all this while managing various businesses, one in DJ entertainment and the other in fitness and nutrition. His main side hustle these days is acting and modeling, in which he has appeared in several national ads and commercials. So let's welcome Tyrone Basilio to the show. What's up, Tyrone? What's up, guys? That was a oh. mouthful, bro. Hey, man, I love myself. <laughs> you better call Tyrone. Call- I knew it. I, I knew you guys were going to do that. Like, I felt it. Yeah, because we're feeling it. We're feeling you today, man. This is awesome. Thank you, Erica. Yeah. So I had no idea about the nursing thing. And, and you hid. <clears throat> You hid from your mom. How, how do you do that? Dude, it's, you know, it's one of the things where like, you know, parents back then, they only know three different types of careers, right? Either you're a doctor, you're an engineer, or you're a nurse, right? Or a lawyer, if you're want to go that route. But um, 
but man, yeah, I was, I, I studied my butt off to get into the registered nursing program in Maryland. And um, I got in, I was kicking butt. I mean, I even had my classmates who try to copy off some of my work and, and my, <laughs> my papers and everything. I'm like, dang, I think I'm like, probably doing something right. But, um, but, you know, it's one of the things where like, one day I was at a, at a clinical and I had to deliver an IM injection to an elderly patient with HIV. Mm. Oh, wow. So, um, I was nervous. I wasn't nervous wreck, dude. Like I, I broke two gloves trying to get this person an injection. And mm. after that day, after I had to prefer, like perform AM care for elderly patients. And then this, I just realized after these clinicals for the first year that I needed to pursue something different. So mm. I did, I dropped out, went home, told my mom, put my face mask on, my mouth guard on <laughs> because I was afraid of the achinellas coming through and right, getting smacked upside the head. So she was disappointed. She gave me the whole speech, disappeared for two weeks, reassessed my whole life. Mm. Nice. I, I had a similar experience. I actually went to the, I went, I went to the doctor recently and uh, the eye doctor and I said, yeah, you know, at one point I wanted to be an optometrist. And uh, she said, oh, what happened? She's like, are you an optometrist now? I was like, no, nah, I'm a teacher. She's like, well, what happened? I was like, oh, my chemistry class kind of decided for me. <laughs> she was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I- I'm familiar with disappointing <laughs> parents. So we do best. <laughs> yeah, but that's good because you discovered something that you were not passionate about and then now have channeled um, all of, uh, your passions into the projects that you're, you're spending your time on, which is great. I think that's a, a high level of maturity and not, not a lot of people do that. Sometimes they just get locked in and you, you be due to their, uh, circumstances in life. They say, Hey, this is what you're going to do. And then you do it and then that's it. And then you're kind of unhappy for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I've heard not me. I'm doing that too. I'm, I'm trying to live. So, um, so it's great to have you. And uh, today we're going to talk about um, side hustles. But before that, we are going to get to the um, first part of our show, which we always talk about dad stuff, um, the real life of dad's rakes, sometimes call calls it dad vent because he's always venting um, about his life as a dad. But uh, we're going to kind of share about what's going on in our lives and our experiences of dadhood. Uh, Ray, you got a story? I do, man. It's it's a short one, and uh, yeah, it's it's not a dad vent. I'm I'm not venting here. I'm actually it's it's more of a realization of my personality. I think we talked about it before here and on our podcast. But there was a dog that was loose in our in our uh, neighborhood, just hanging out in our backyard. And we're like, oh sweet, we got a new dog. Kids were all happy and stuff. And like, no, 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 it, this this uh, dog is uh, owned by someone else. So I, you know, I walked to the dog. It's a big, beautiful dog, like a, a, a brown golden retriever type of a dog. It's beautiful. Anyway, took into the front yard and I'm like playing with a dog. And then my neighbor's there in front of my, uh, across from the streets. And he's like, hey, uh, Ray, he calls me by name. I don't know his name. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Um, yeah, I got this dog here. He just came to my house. And uh, do you know who this is? And then that guy, the, the the one in front of me, shouts out to the other guy in the corner, says, hey, I forgot his name. Uh, see, I can't even think of his name. 
but he's, he called him by his name. I think it's like Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Ray's got a dog here. Do you know whose dog this is? And they're like all talking. I'm like, dang it. I don't know any of these guys' names. Oh, man. So I just, I just kind of realized that like I got to get to know my neighbors. They know my name. They watch. I think they watch me all the time. Like, what the heck is that guy? Why doesn't that, that guy mow his lawn? Dang it. But anyway, yeah, realization. I'm antisocial. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you, um, if you've, how long have you lived in your house, Ray? Yeah, like eight years now. <laughs> it's been eight years. Yeah. So how do you, how do you recover that? Like, uh, you probably had those neighbors for many, many years. Well, how do you go and you say, like, hey, what's your name again? Yeah. So I can't, I can't do that because they know my name and we've had a lot of, you know, uh, instances where we're just talking. So I can't be like, hey, uh, yeah, it's been like eight years. What's your name again? So I can't, I can't approach it that way. I just, I gotta take it and be, I gotta fake it. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, no, right. it, it's, it's too awkward now to be like, hey, um, I forgot your name. So no, you were just committed to like, hey, neighbor. Yeah. Hey, what's wow. up, guy, fellow? So, uh, listeners, if you have advice for Ray, if you have a way for him to kind of break the ice and uh, get somebody his neighbor's name, let us know. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking of sneaking by his mailbox and looking at <laughs> the name on it, but that might not be proper. No, I so have a great idea. Legal. <laughs> it's also I, called illegal. No, I have a great idea. Like, what's you got an Amazon package? You just run across. And you like uh-huh. go to their front yard and then you pick up their Amazon package and that's when you look at the name. That's scary. Right? Know. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Sounds illegal too. <laughs> Listeners, illegal if you got illegal. a better idea, let us know. <laughs> um, my story is kind of uh, in, also indicative of like the chaos of life. So uh, currently my kids are going to school in the hybrid. And so part of their school life is uh, at their actual school in person and part of it is at home on a computer Uh, but they have to get to school early and uh, right now we have to wake up at 6 50 a.m for you know a a 11 year old a nine year old and a seven year old they got to get up at 6 50 and then we got to take off by 7 20 i was like 7 20 is the hard out guys like that that is like the last moment that we could leave and, uh, yo, we're struggling. We're struggling to get there, to, to get out the door. And um, before, I would wake up extra early, and then I'd, like, sing them a song to wake them up. And I'm like, it's morning. Yeah. And, um, and then I'd, like, help them get dressed, and then I'd make sure all the breakfast is cooked. And so, like, I just, like, kind of usher them up to, to the table, and then they eat, and then I'm, like, go. And then this morning, I was, like, Guys, we got to get up. Let's go. Let's go right now. All right. You, hey, are you going to eat? Are you going to change? I'm like, I, We don't got any time. Everybody just get in the car. I don't care if you eat. Do you have your stuff? And it was just like, it was helter skelter. Like everybody's just rushing in. And then I was like speeding to get them to school. And we got to school on time. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that. Well, Ray, you, you guys homeschool, so you don't have to rush anywhere. But um man, like the, just like the, the stress and anxiety and, and we're starting the day, like I'm starting the day, just like yelling, like on fire, like yelling at everybody. Let's go, let's go. And uh, man, it was like, so guess what happened today? All my kids at school got in trouble. 
they got in trouble. Like they had to like lower their clip. They got, they talked back to their teachers. They were, um, they, yeah. And my kid said, he told me this whole big story. My seven-year-old told me this whole big story. He's like, yeah, I got, I got in trouble at school. I threw my desk, blah, blah, blah. And then, so I emailed this teacher and I was like, yeah, I heard that uh, our, my son threw his desk and we're really sorry about that. And she's like, uh, he didn't do any of those things. He just seemed really tired today. <laughs> he's like, he's like telling me a story, like, like he's super tough and throwing desks around his school. Meanwhile, he's just like putting his head down. Uh, yeah, but I, I think the lesson for me is, um, yeah, don't be like yelling and wake up early, calm, get get them together, and that's a good thing. But otherwise, man, it's just like it's stressful. So. It's Thursday, Thursday, and yeah. it's almost the end of the week. So maybe that's why it is. But yeah, this is a dad fail today. How about you, Tyrone? What you got going on? Oh, man. Like, uh, I like those dad fail stories because I could relate to that. But um, yeah, my kid was, um, so I got one kid. All right. He's, uh, he's 11 years old now, but I guess I could count back to when he was seven years old when he was extremely hyper, you know, very physical, like we're a sports household, right? We love it all football, basketball, boxing. So um, there was a point in time when he was seven years old um, where I was like, you know what B, I'm exposed to boxing. So I would try to teach him like, you know, martial arts, you know, arm bars and uh, choke holds and stuff like that. Make sure he doesn't do that on his friends. But um, I would teach him like, like how to move, you know, with boxing, but I guess he got too hyped up for a whole week, he would like to punch me out the blue. He thought it was funny, right? I'd be washing the dishes, punch me in my gut. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, uh, I'd be brushing my teeth, you know, punch me in my gut, you know, or in the back of my leg, you know, the back leg where it kind of gets you really you kind of like <laughs> fall back or you fall forward. I'm like, dude, who's teaching you this kind of stuff? And I look at my wife, like, you teaching them my son how to sucker punch me? So it was annoying, but he's cute. And, you know, he's, you know, he just very, very playful. It's like, how can I get back to get back at him, teach him a lesson? So there was an upcoming party that was coming up. His friend's birth, his friend's birth was having a birthday party. One of his classmates and he had to be there. And uh, I think it was Chuck E. Cheese, I think. And so it was some kind of theme, whatever. And so the day before the party, I was like, all right, Brian, come here. This is your final boxing lesson. Okay. I, um, I took a, I took a pencil. And um, I drew a mustache on his face and I drew in a unibrow on his face and I put some like old, like tissue paper, some old wraps. Basically I made them look like Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> but the problem was the pencil that I, that I drew on his forehead and on his face, um, it didn't come off. It was a pencil. <laughs> so the next day at the party, he shows up to this birthday party, seven-year-old birthday party with a mustache nice i faked me out mustache and i faked me out unibrow and people ask like bro what happened and everyone's looking at me i'm like <laughs> that's one of those that's one of those kids parties where the parents have to stick around right 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 yeah, yeah so they're there you're there witnessing yep. it all and the parents are like mm. yeah the silent all kinds judgment. of judgy eyes yeah mm -hmm. so yeah that's what he gets <laughs> So, so 
was he awake when you drew in the Manny Pacquiao mustache and stuff? No, I told him I was going to make him look like um, one of the Guardians of the Galaxy or something, like Groot or something. <laughs> and, but in my head, I'm like, no, this would be funny. Like, what's funnier than having a a uh, a little chunky looking Filipino kid dressed to look like Manny Pacquiao? I That's like, right. That was, it was sometimes not about the kid. Sometimes it's about the parents, our <laughs> own personal entertainment. Oh, man. And so how is he now? Uh, does he got the left hook or the... He, he still goes... has a unibrow, I bet. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how old oh, is yeah. he now? 11? Is that 11 or 12? He's 11 now, yeah. 11. Oh, man. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, he's more into basketball. That's oh, yeah. it. He just loves basketball. Dang, man. 11 years old already he was uh, seven do you does he still remember <laughs> still still remember that moment where he was embarrassed in his was he even embarrassed in the party or was he like rocking that unibrow like yeah i'm manny um no he was definitely embarrassed but like when people were like giving him attention he's like oh i am this i'm the yeah. man okay there you go i'm like well, yeah b go with that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and anyway, man. but I do have pictures and I'll send it to you guys. There you yeah. go. <laughs> nice. I got so, proof. so, yes, thanks for joining us here, Tyrone. Um, and, you know, as we transition into the topic of this episode, our side hustle, I want to ask you this because in here in Fatherhood Arise, as we mentioned, we celebrate good dads here, but we don't all have it together, you know, like we, we find out about ourselves, things that we need to, we want to change things that we want to be better at. Right. But um, I want to ask you that question. Like what's uh, what's one thing that maybe you can share with us, you know, with, with fatherhood and everything, what's the one thing that, that you can share with us that you've learned um, in your life. You just, you were just talking about your parents, quote unquote, disappointing them. Right. Now that you have a son 11 years old, dang, he's, he's like knocking on teenage years, man. So what's uh, <laughs> what is what's that one lesson that you're like, yeah, I get you. I got I got this. I think I got this whole fatherhood stuff. Right. So, yeah. yeah. What is that? What is that? Um, I think fatherhood, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, when I jumped in, I, I jumped in full steam ahead. OK, because uh, quick story, you know, we adopted our child from the Philippines in a small island called Cebu. So he was three and a half years old when we adopted him. So we didn't have the luxury of, you know, growing into like, you know, holding a baby and, you know, not him not talking, but he came in with this whole personality, this mm. whole kind of energy. So it was very, um, it was tough for me because <laughs> I was so used to like systematically planning my life, planning my day, planning my month, the rest of my year. When I realized that, okay, there was a little person walking around my home, all of a sudden, one day, it's like, uh-oh, like, where do we go from here, right? Um, but it's like, I, I've learned over the years that fatherhood is, it's like working out, okay? I, I got I to I gotta incorporate personal training and fitness because I used to teach all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah, side hustle. Anyway, um, <laughs> But it's, it's constant conditioning, right? What I mean by conditioning is like we condition, we wake up in the morning, like, okay, what do I, what do I have to do next? Get my son ready. Like you talked about Iris, right? Okay, let's go. Let's get ready for school, you know? In my head, I was like, okay, I got I to gotta fix his hair. I got to pick his clothes, get his breakfast ready, pack his lunch, make sure the coaches know that he's coming for practice later on. So it, 
we as fathers become a 24 seven coach, mm. you know, we're constantly conditioning, not just ourselves, but our entire household to prepare us for the, 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 the calling, you know, and the, um, yeah. the vocation of fatherhood. So it's just that it's a daily reminder, you know, it's just that it's a practice. It's a practice of, of patience. It's a practice of, of, um, of, of being giving and self-sacrificing to whatever your, your child needs, you know, but also by, you know, providing some kind of fun because at the end of the day, we're dead. Like we're the, we're, where's boy, you know, like where they're the punching with bag, the, right. With the punching <laughs> bag. We're the ones that we send to go find Amazon boxes so we can know our neighbor's name. That's right. Yeah, exactly. that's an even so, better idea, actually. Yeah, send the kid. That's send, send the, the kid. kid. I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we wear we wear many different hats, and we have to be. It's it's a practice every day. You know, it's nice. a practice. It's a decision. I love I love the way that you describe that, Tyrone, because um, when you're coaching, if someone does something wrong, it's not like you beat them down, right? You provide them the instruction to do it over again the right way, right? Because mm-hmm. you know that they're going to encounter that situation again. You're talking about basketball. Um, I know nothing about basketball, very bad at basketball. Um, and uh, But I assume, I assume if someone like, misses the jump shot or runs the play wrong, you don't just like yank them um, and then say, you never get to play again. You, you might pull them aside and you say, Hey, this is what you do the next time because there will be a next time. Right. And so, th- mm-hmm. so that kind of gives a perspective of like, Oh man. Uh, yeah. Not everything's do or die out here. Cause I, th- I kind of feel like that in my own experience of fatherhood, like everything's like so intense all the time. Yeah. And it's like, do or die. Come on. This is your one shot. Do not blow it. And then they do. And I'm like, ah, I blew it. Um, and then kick them off the team. Nah, man. Like, <laughs> we got to keep coaching, keep training them up. Yeah. I never made a team. So I don't actually know. I tried out. <laughs> I take it. Yeah. So sounds like there's a lot of brokenness there. A lot. Hey, that man. was an old wound. Love you, man. It's all good. You want to talk about ours? No, nah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> awesome yeah but i'm saying is that you know as fathers like we got to provide a blueprint you know and it's not just sports it's just like in education you know daily routines around the house with, with with your hygiene you know the way you fix your room making your bed putting the shoes away putting the dishes away is that you know we we got to p- provide the blueprint and it's <laughs> we we not we may not always know the exact design of what we provide for our kids, but it's something that we draw out throughout the years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were actually just talking about this with a a few friends of mine in New Jersey um, about our kids. Cause you know, you kind of give them a a task to do. And I don't know if this is just their generation here, but it's like when they're done with it, they kind of just want to check it off where we're trying to impart in them that work ethic that like you know you you uh you 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 put your best um best foot forward kind of a thing and i think it's also us as fathers as you mentioned uh, the way we see our, each other the way we see ourselves as as coaches we also have to see our children as like their full potential 
And that's why we're kind of like hard on them in that sense of like, you can do it, man. Cause I know you can, you're, 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 you're awesome at this. So, yeah, I mean, transitioning into the episode, into this, uh, uh, the topic that we're going to talk about the side hustle, let's talk about that work ethic that, uh, we want to display and witness it to our kids, right? Yeah. So Tyrone, you're you're kind of like the the king of the side hustle because you you got like a real job, like a real government job, over government. in the in the nation's capital, like over. So I've known Tyrone. How long have I known you? Like fifteen years, something like that. Longer. Longer. Close to twenty. Yeah. So um, fun fun quick story. Um, Tyrone stayed at my house and he was trying to like um, get with this girl who actually became his wife. Right. And I just like opened up my house to Do him share. and I said, yeah, stay here, man. Stay here with us. And then um, he was like borrowing a car. I don't remember the situation, but he got a flat tire, he got a flat tire. You remember this? And he didn't know how to change the tire. Oh man, he call you Bro. out like yeah, that, dude. Like, Tyrone, Tyrone. Wait, is how, like, how old were you he's... guys? You guys were like nine years old right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, how this old? guy, this guy, Tyrone. You don't see him on Zoom, <laughs> but like, this guy is a, he's a beautiful man. He is like a sculpted. He, he looks like a statue. He's like sculpted. Mm. He has everything together. He's so it's knowledgeable. Like he can Greek sing. Filipino statue. Yeah, he's he's got everything. And then I was like, what? You don't know how to change a tire? This is crazy. Uh, he so. must. Yeah, sir. You gotta <laughs> now we know whatever Iris said is the complete opposite. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah, so um and I always always had fun um when Tyrone came to visit. It was like I, I was always so excited. I was like, man, I hope I hope that he uh he gets with Grace so that I can hang out with him some more. Oh, <laughs> look at that. I know. And so it's like one of and um so it was one of my favorite things. But I, what I also knew about Tyrone and I saw um, is that this guy's a hard worker. Like this guy's a hustler. He, he knows how to work hard and um, and find things that that uh, he's passionate about and um, and like uh, and then make them into things. So Tyrone, I guess, like first question is uh, like, wh- what are your favorite side hustles that you have been involved in? Oh, my gosh. Man, where do I start, dude? Like, I just feel like, I feel like I'm like a mutant, all like just one person, you know? Like I tried everything under the sun, you know? I was motivated by like, oh, that looks kind of cool on TV. Let me try that. I mean, I, I opened up a jazz bar in DC. I tried DJing. I tried MCing. Um, I did um, personal training. I did sports conditioning. Um, I tried to even open up a, a mobile boba. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. It didn't go too well because only have only have three drinks per day, and people people were thirsty. <laughs> I'm like, this is not enough. I'm like, I gotta find a new business. My inventory sucks. Um, but yeah, I, I tried even promoting nightclubs. You know, I did that for a little bit for about a year or so. That went okay for the first part. You know, until. I didn't like staying up late at night, so I would just promote from home, and you don't make money from doing that. Right? <laughs> I mean, this guy's the latest promoter ever. Jeez, sucks. It's like, hey, everybody from Tyrone's house is always at the club, but he, <laughs> and that's the only people he brings in. Right, right. 
So yeah, I, I I tried even being like a band manager for you know promoting other you know bands and artists through social media or like yeah, I tried all that for the last 10, 15 years until I picked out a side hustle that became more lucrative. And I found that about four years, four or five years ago. That's awesome. So you've really tried everything. And so why, why did you do that? I guess, what was it about that? That, cause you have your regular hustle, you got your regular job, but then you're like trying all these things. Why, why'd you go and go about that? Honestly, bro, it was like, I guess it kind of, it was by accident. You know what I mean? I, it wasn't something, my thought was that like, I never wanted to go to Hollywood or anything like that. I, I didn't realize acting or modeling was an actual profession, right? Until four, four or five years ago in Washington, D.C., I was at a pool party for my, for my boy's birthday. And um, some girl approached me at a pool party. She probably wanted to tell me I had too much baby oil on or something or my shorts were too short. Um, but she said, hey, um, you ever thought about modeling or acting? You seem to be taller than five foot two. And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, me. you're probably drunk. I said, are you flirting with me? She's like, no, I'm trying to make some money off of you or something. And I didn't realize till after the party that she was actually a, a talent recruiter for Central Casting in Washington, D.C. So she called me three days later. It's like, listen, I was serious about trying to get you in some casting. So I tried two, I tried two gigs, right? I tried one for a pilot show on NBC called Allegiance. Don't bother looking it up because it probably got canceled really quick, right? Yeah, I was the dude behind the dude, behind the other dude. <laughs> Action number 346, that was me. So I did background work and I tried that for that first month. And I also tried a commercial job for some human resources company or something. I found out that I actually enjoyed more of the commercial work mm. and the print ad stuff. And then I did the actual, like, you know, like I've been on the set of Blue Bloods. I got invited to be on, uh, I got asked to be on Quantico, you know, like all these other shows, but my passion was commercial work and print ad stuff because there's a big need for it. You know, there's not enough Asian representation out for this kind of, for, the, for, that, for that industry. So that was four years ago and then the rest was history. Hmm. Question uh, too, when, when you started, you said it was accidental. Was it also like, in? I mean, you had like a nine to five kind of a usual thing, mm -hmm. right? But so what, what drove you to kind of look for something? It was, is it just a hobby that you were looking at or was it the money aspect of it? Where, where did that, uh, what was the drive? So the question, you know, was Confucius who said, if you enjoy what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life right uh, sure like i love my nine to five job right i love what i do for congress i love the people that i serve for the most part um i like what i do i was i would have been there for 17 years but sometimes it doesn't allow me to express the creative side of myself I right see. you know if i did the music in the past like how can i combine how can i express myself so the arts come in many different forms, whether it's singing, dancing, playing an instrument, or acting. Even modeling could be a, some kind of form, painting or whatever. And um, I think to myself, like, okay, how can I express myself outside my nine to five job? Because for creative people, if you don't have that kind of outlet, yeah. sometimes you, you die inside a little right. bit, right? It's like who we are. 
that's mm-hmm. part of our, our like our genetic code is our, is our DNA makeup. Like we're meant to be creative. So I myself, like I find myself in this rut, you know, like how can I break out of this rut? How can I, how can I um, incorporate something that make it a business where I could actually express my creative art while getting decent pay for it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, my, after my first two national commercials, I have what's called like, like I received my first like royalty gig, okay. whatever. Yeah, which I um, where you they keep paying you every time they show you. I'm like, oh, oh this stuff nice. is really real. I thought wow, it was fake. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this yeah, is real. Know. You hear about that stuff, but it's for real, huh? Yeah, it's for real. So you know, I I took that money, and like, okay, it's not about me anymore. Like, okay, of course, it's about you when you're in front of the camera. But how can I take the earnings that I've made and build a future for my family? Mm-hmm. So my family became my motivation because mm-hmm. it goes beyond the vanity of the work, right? Because at the end of the day, like I'm the old actor or model on set, you know, that has to go home and feed my family. So like right. I try to find ways and opportunities to take this extra income and to provide for my family, like taking them on vacations. I bought a college fund for my son after my, after one of my gigs or something, or I took one of my other investments and I put into another, I took one of my checks and I put into another investment. So it's like, it's for the future. Cause if you're not thinking for the future and you only think for the now, you're like, you're going to wither and die. Mm-hmm. It's all about thinking forward, you know, and thinking about the bigger picture. I love it. Yeah. Cause what you just said, like really struck a chord with me, the, um, the sense of like the creatives need to create, right. We need, mm-hmm. we have a, we have a, like a, an, an innate need to be creating and expressing and sometimes our nine to five doesn't allow that and you could do that as a hobby right like you're a singer you're you play music um you you do all of these different things even like um coaching or doing work uh training personal training and working out that's a way of expressing that but you can also turn those things that where you're you're spending time doing your hobby and creating and being creative and also turning that into something that is um, helping your family because uh, going to a modeling gig or doing an acting gig or a DJing uh, an event or emceeing something takes you, takes you away from your family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like that time has to be like kind of uh, valued, like, Oh, that time away has to then be used for something else. Um, to, to like invest back into my family. I think about that all the time because um, like one of my side hustles is, is DJing also well prior to the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And I love doing um, weddings. Like that was one, like one of the funnest things to do yeah. uh, is like DJ a wedding. Cause you get to really be a part of someone's special day. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they like good music and they want to have fun and everybody's like in a good mood and they're, they're willing to like, cut loose and have a, and have a lot of fun. And then you get to be a part of that, right. Uh, in some way. Um, and, uh, but, but like setting up for a, for a DJing a wedding and then doing the wedding and then, and then packing it up at the end, that's a lot of time away, you know? And, um, and so knowing like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to spend all this time away, but I'm actually going to do that so that I can invest in for my family too, you know, that I, I find that to be like, um, if I was just doing it cause I want to have fun or I need extra cash, like the fun's gone after the moment and the cash mm-hmm. is gone too. 
Um, yeah. I guess that's a lifestyle, right? But <laughs> but if I'm doing it as a motivation for um, for my family, then it's like, oh yeah, I'm investing, and that's um, that becomes a positive. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So so with that with that said, too. So how do you manage yourself? How do you make sure that you value your time? And uh, you know, uh, really select the, the the right fit, mm-hmm. the right commercials, the right time off um, away from your family. Because as Iris said, you know, you got to value yourself. You got to value that time that you're you're taking out of your family life. So how do you do that? Is there someone that's helping you in a sense of like an agent, or or is that something that you need to set up and and decide for yourself and make sure that you have these uh, set kind of guidelines for yourself? How do you how do you do that? Yeah, that's a good question, Ray. Um, it's, I had to set it up. It was, it was a constant conversation with my, with, with Grace, with my wife, right? I'm like, listen, what does it take for me to leave the house on a Saturday to go mm-hmm. work this wedding gig or to go to New York for a photo shoot or something? Like, what, what does it take? So she's like, what are you talking about? So we had to talk numbers, you know? Um, I hate to bring up the, the the dollar sound the dollar value into our gigs, but sometimes there does hold weight because there's tons of gigs out there for anybody, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you you could work as doing this job for this amount a day or that amount a day. So it became uh, it became I, I had to like decipher. I had to like start to filter throughout the years. Mm-hmm. So right now I work with five different agencies, right? I got one in Pittsburgh, I got one in Baltimore, I got one in DC, one in Virginia. And I think I got another one in, I think New York somewhere. Yeah. So I had an audition today, right? But the good thing about the pandemic, the only good thing is that they're allowing us to audition virtually, right? Okay. So a typical day would be like, okay, I'm I'm in DC, right? (laughs) I'm in DC. I got to knock out two meetings, two congrats, two, I'm doing an audition like in the phone booth at my office building, trying to meet wow. with like agencies, whatever, submitting for an audition, leave that, um, try to work out, try to write up a, a wedding contract for a, a gig, a wedding gig in, in four months from four, four months from now, and then leave work to try to make it a soccer practice for my son hmm. and try to make it to dinner by 730 so we can watch Jeopardy, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all like that. So like I, I it was it was a practice right like I had to schedule everything I had to be disciplined because as artists like we're very emotional people right but we we always forget to incorporate the discipline part of it I was like okay I could do this and that if I schedule it schedule my my driving routes okay on the way back on the way to my son's soccer practice drop off my resume drop off my my headshots here and then I can make it back in time. So it was a constant practice of scheduling and discipline. So that's what I'm lacking. So is that the only thing I'm lacking to be a male model? Or what do I, what else do I got to do? If I work on the scheduling, am I there? Am I there? So filters are for bro. That's what I, when I, when I, when I uh, go to an audition for male modeling, I say, I'm really good at scheduling. (laughs) I will take you. Get in the He's back. Like, I'm your guy. If you want me to schedule it, I got you. <laughs> but, Get your own IG page. 
what what a thing one thing too that, that I liked about your story is that you were just casually at a party posing as you usually do, just like as um, you usually without, do without, without any without any prompting with the baby oil all all applied, short shorts, like just Slow motion. whatever. Mm-hmm. And um typical get up, right? Yeah. Like any any <laughs> Filipino parties, New Year's Eve. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm like that at Walmart, so yeah, that's matter. right. Praying the rosary without a shirt on, just go for it. Baby oil. That's all I'm wearing. And um, baby oil for the baby Jesus. And you're like, um, and you're, but like all the stuff that you did before that, like the working out, the, um, the having the the sense of uh, like singing in front of people and um, uh, like volunteering at your church and singing in front of large congregations and and um, so you're comfortable in front of people um, and then uh, doing the personal training so like you're gaining all the discipline like all the little things that you did prior to finding that gig like four years ago or five years ago is what actually led to you getting that thing in, in such a casual way. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't like it just happened overnight. You have worked on this your whole life basically. Mm-hmm. And then finally found the Avenue. I, for me, that gives me a lot of hope that like, Oh yeah. If I'm, if I'm continuing to like pursue my passions, eventually I'm, when if my eyes are open and maybe it, lightning strikes, I too can uh, find find a way to be at, invited to a party where I could take my shirt off. Is that is that the lesson? This sounds about right. Yeah, something like that. Something we'll, like probably make, we'll probably make a book out of it. <laughs> That's right. That's actually my next side gig. Well, I've been I've been writing, but um, so I'm an author and I have um, some yeah. publications out. Um, and hopefully parlaying that into something that will parlay into something else, you know, like all of that is, um, trying, trying, trying to do what, like, Hey, I love this mm-hmm. and I find passion in it and I would do it anyway, but I yeah. want to do that and direct it so that there's, um, that there, that there's a purpose to the, to the thing that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Turning passion to profit is the dream really. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're trying to do. And it doesn't have to be a big profit, but, it's great that you're telling me that you're been writing because that's, you know, that's a very tough task to do, you know, to get your thoughts and to formulate these ideas into words. Like that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's something I can't do, you know? So people have their own kind of talents with that kind of thing. So that's, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that, man. Yeah. You know, writing takes a lot of time. So <laughs> that's yeah. like the, that's the one thing that's non-negotiable. Like, I don't know, you got to find the time. So, you know, just mm-hmm. like everything that you care about, you know, like what you said earlier, it's like, yo, schedule it out, um, plan yeah. it out ahead of time. One of, one of the things that I've gotten a lot um, from this podcast, as we've um, talked to lots of different dads is, yeah, I don't really plan enough. And I, <laughs> and I need more of that in my life. Like, oh write it down, have a plan. That's a, that's the one thing also that I'm learning is that, you know, when, when someone says to you, yeah, no, I can't do it. I just don't have the time. It's basically them saying, I just don't want to make the time. Cause if you really want to do it, then you're going to make that time. You're going to carve it out. Mm-hmm. So basically they're saying, if they say, I don't have the time, they're saying to you, they don't want to, but if they really want to, then, so th- my question is also, cause I mean, we have some listeners out there that might have uh, this business idea, maybe like 
maybe they want to get into modeling or acting or, or something in the arts. What do they need to do? And that's what, kind of what Iris was talking about. It, it's, it's not going to happen in the future. It, it starts now, right? Like, but what, what do they need to do in the now if they want to pursue something like that? Pursue something like modeling or acting? Like modeling or acting or, or a, like a side hustle, a, a business. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think social media has given, given others the formula and the blueprint to know what to do and how to take pictures and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you open up Facebook, Instagram, every other person is a model, right? Kind of like study, study the study poses, study headshots. You know, there's a difference between um, a, a full body shot or a, a headshot or a chest shot, you know, or um, an action shot, a lifestyle shot. So Acting a model comes in many different forms. Okay, I, mean, I got people trying to pursue Hollywood right now. I got friends in, in, in who was in the Wonder Woman movie, whatever the most recent one, and um, people are still trying to pursue that. But you understand that acting model comes in many different avenues, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't do the Zoolander runway stuff, right? That's not me, right? <laughs> I quit smoldering. Yeah, uh, you're always <laughs> smoldering, bro. So my advice is for those who are trying to pursue something like that. You know, you got to, you really have to narrow down what you want to do. You can't just say, Hey, I want to be an actor. I want to be a model. Like if I, if I put in my resume, I put commercial model, I put, you know, commercial actor It's because like, you know, for the most part, I don't like delivering, delivering lines. I just like smiling in front of the camera or doing some kind of action shot for the product or the service that I'm trying to promote. So narrow down what you want to do. And if you want to find certain agencies, there's so many tools out there. There's a lot of Facebook groups out there. Um, there's certain, find your local casting agencies, find out uh, who's like, what, what's the percentage. If they are asking you for money down, like $5,000 down to join their database, you should probably be a little weary, right? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, the, my mentality was like, no, I shouldn't be paying them. They should be paying me. So um be, be, be mindful, be, be cautious about uh, fake agencies out there. So yeah, you got to do your research. You got to do your networking. Nice. Yeah. That sounds really smart. Cause that's a applicable in any kind of venue. Like you got to become like pretty niche, right? Like you got to find your market, mm -hmm. right? Like, so you're a commercial actor, commercial model, um, your wife said something that was hilarious. We were all hanging out and she's like, you know, there's a real need for middle-aged Asian men. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there is. We need more of those. I'm one exactly. of those. <laughs> uh, and I'm uh, like, you who? That's right. Well, I'll be that guy. <laughs> but that you're, you're the good looking Asian middle-aged Asian man. So that's what separates you. So, but, but last, last question from me, um, do you have like a model or an actor that you like model yourself after or that you look at and you say, I want to do that? Do you have kind of those kind of models in your life? Um, not really. Uh, I mean, there's some really talented actors that I find brilliant as far as far as like being on the silver screen. But when I look at actors that I look up to or, or role models, I look at what they do outside their life mm. or where they came from. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, I do like Will Smith, you know, I, I love that he came from music, you know, he's before all that, he started doing a sitcom and he kind of reinvented himself. Like, you know what, I'm gonna start doing movies, you know, but what he does is that he promotes a positive lifestyle. At least he tries to, you know, and it's the, the whole idea of like, 
reinventing yourself. Mm. You know, how many, how many, like how many times it takes in, in your entire lifetime to reinvent yourself? You know, mm. Dwayne Johnson, he went from a football player to a wrestler and now he's an actor, you know? So different things like that is that it's not so much what you, what kind of work you, you already put out, you know, what kind of work you've done in the past, but it's, it's, um, it's how, you know, they, they live their lives before, during, and after and outside the screen or, or, or outside the camera. This is a, an interesting topic. And this is my last question as, as we end into uh, prayer, but here's my last question. Um, as I said, this is an interesting topic. We all think our kids are gorgeous. They're like the handsomest, the prettiest, right? So my question to you, would you advise that? Are you going to bring in your son into into the, uh, what's the word? Into the uh, kid modeling? The kid That's modeling my question industry, too. The industry. Yeah, how do I get real? my kid into kid modeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So are you going to get your kid into kid modeling? Would you advise that or how do you do that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> no, that's a lot. Yeah, that's funny because like, I, I do believe like, you know, I'm not just trying to be biased or anything like that, but you know, I, I, my son, he's a good looking kid, you know, but would I expose him to the industry? Yeah. Not at this moment. Like that hasn't been my desire, you know, like, because I know what kind of sacrifice it takes. Like it's not always glamorous. Sometimes you're on set waiting hours until they're ready to shoot you. Right. Mm. So it's not always like what you see, like, you know, people put hours and days and weeks into production and then you probably get maybe a two second clip or a two minute clip mm -hmm. of the final product. And I don't think my son or most kids have that patience, you know, the, it takes a very type of, it takes a very specific type of skin for a kid to be sitting on set all day, waiting to be, waiting to work, waiting to perform. So um, it wouldn't be something I would, I would recommend for him at this moment. Thanks for your honesty, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But how about my kid? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Cause I'm, I'm trying to get you paid Iris. Okay. That's right. So are you, are, can you be his agent or what? How does that, how does that work? Well, I guess we'll talk about that offline. I'll have my people call your people. There it is. There it is. They might not be ready, but I'm ready for them. <laughs> You're ready. <laughs> He's just ready to get the money. No, 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 no. They want, no, that. yeah, you're right. Like uh, knowing, knowing your kid, knowing kind of their temperament and what they're able to do. Um, can they perform when the, the pressure's on or the lights are on and can they collect themselves or stay patient? Yeah. Those are, mm -hmm. those are rare qualities. Um, that's why they should get into DJing. <laughs> right. That's the more light. money in DJing. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding DJing. See, you were specific. That's right. Yeah. I also know the music for wedding DJing, and I don't know all of the most current music for club DJing. So that would be, <laughs> that's a more difficult thing. And then there are no clubs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, Tyrone, for sharing your life with us, for uh, your honesty. And, man, yeah, um, I'm going to start training my kid to be more patient now and keep keep yelling at them like how iris does with his kids <laughs> <laughs> drill sergeant over here yeah man well no what we need to do is we need to coach them up to like, pursue their passions and uh, hopefully those passions are going to turn into things that are going to make them happy and help provide for them and i and that's the the lesson i'm taking away from today Amen. for myself yeah. and my kids 
And it starts now. It starts now with uh, building those uh, great habits and taking away all those bad habits that we may have, right? So as we end, thanks again for joining us, Tyrone. As we end, can you can you end us in prayer? Of course. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Father of lights, the omnipotent God, we thank you for this opportunity to talk about fatherhood and what it means to be a father, what it means to be responsible and to be there for our kids. But God, we know that all of this coaching, all of this conditioning of our minds and our bodies and our and being a father does not come from our own strength, but the strength of you. Because you are the God of strength. You are the God of lights. You're the God of direction. So God, we call upon you. We lean upon you to lead us in a direction so that we know what's best for our kids. And Father, um, you know the desires of our hearts. You know our passions. And Father, we lift up to you the passions that we want to pursue in our life, that no matter what hustle we do, no matter what side gigs we do, that it's always in line with what you want us to do, God. And that we always stay focused, that um, our family is always number one. But God, we just ask you, Lord, for the strength, the perseverance, and the patience to pursue multiple careers and multiple gigs and and jobs, God, that we, um, you give us the strength and the love for all this on a daily basis. And God, we ask you to bless us, bless our families, bless our children, our spouses, that, Father, we're always a strong and single unit, Lord God. And we thank you for all this and the opportunity, Lord, and for your grace and your love. We pray this in your holy and mighty name. Amen. 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 In the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Man, add a motivational prayer guy to your mm. list. Holy cow. Fired me up right now. There it is. Oh, man. Thanks, awesome. man. Tyrone, uh, where can people find your work on the internet? Are you on social media? Can people connect with you out there? Of course. Um, you can uh, look me up on Instagram at my humble brag tag name which is o underscore just underscore tyrone oh just tyrone yeah there it is o underscore just underscore tyrone or you could add me on facebook tyrone basilio there you go nice <laughs> i look forward good. to talking to all y'all if you shoot me a message if you have any questions regarding this podcast i'm i'm here to help there you go. Awesome. Tyrone is a, is a wealth of resources and charisma. And you can check him out in uh, national commercials. Any Anything pop in um, that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I did. Actually, I did two national shoots um, back in probably about a month ago, last month, I think. So there's a, a company called Success Rise in Texas. So that just came out. I might post it tomorrow just for you. There just for is. you two. Yeah. Okay? And you're gonna laugh at this one, okay? But um, it was it was a well-paying gig for Sunrise Retirement Homes. <laughs> oh, all right. I was the uh, I was the nurse, taking you know entertaining the um, elderly. Heck yeah. yeah! You know what? If they were, if you were in a retirement home, that's where I want to live. Sign me Thank up for you. that one. That's where yeah. I, that's where I want to be. Sunrise? Heck yeah! 
I'm in. Sunrise, yeah. That's so awesome. that's coming out soon. That's awesome. <laughs> Very good. Um, and then you guys can check me out at Called to Rise on Instagram or uh, check out my website, calledtorise.org. Uh, male model Tyrone Basilio is sporting the shirt. You could get your own shirt um, there. We're actually going to be doing a giveaway Get as we get close to Easter. We're going to do a giveaway for uh, Called to Rise. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, and how about Ray? Where can we catch your work on the internet? Yeah, follow us on at fatherhood arise on instagram facebook and on twitter and um, give us a visit also on our website at fatherhoodarise.com www.fatherhoodarise.com copy that <laughs> thanks so much man there you go thanks guys thanks brother thank you so much <laughs>